I don't. Been having some ghost issues lately. What do you mean you've been having ghost issues? <laughs> it's not even myself. I'm not having ghost issues. Okay, Shu is not having ghost issues. Not what are me. ghost issues? Um, I recently went to mutual friend Katie's. Okay. She thinks. Oh yeah, she has ghosts. Perhaps she might have ghosts. Some we- weird things have been happening at her new house. And I was just thinking, do you believe in ghosts? Do I believe in ghosts? I feel like, okay, this is what I told uh, Deacon earlier. I said, Deacon is my fiance. And I told him, I feel like I could see ghosts if I wanted to. Yes. However, they know I'm afraid to see them. Uh-huh. So they don't let themselves be known to me. He said, that's not how it works. That's <laughs> bullshit. Either you see ghosts or you don't. They don't give a fuck if you want to see them or not. Um. Well, that would be saying that the ghosts are a separate entity with their own intelligence. Yeah. And if you ask me, I think that all supernatural things are a manifestation of our own belief systems. So if you believe in ghosts, you're going to see ghosts right. because they will manifest just like if you believe in God, he's going to speak to you when you pray to him. Okay. Um, and you're going to see reflections of God in your life because you right. believe in him, uh, which is to say, like, myself as um, a wannabe Satanist that, like, all sort of uh, gods are are manifestations of our own consciousness. We create them because we want them. And we have, humans have a tendency to want these higher powers or things outside of themselves. But if you don't believe in ghosts or don't, just don't even think about ghosts, you're not going to see them. And whether, yeah, so whether or not they're external entities, I don't think so, but. Okay. I really like that interpretation because part of me does feel like, you know, are you, are you just schizophrenic and you don't know it? Or is it, like, more of a mental issue? You're manifesting this yourself, and there is no alternate spiritual reality. There are no ghosts. Or are there fucking ghosts? And they're just chilling. They're here, like, all the electric cords, you know, all the electric frequencies are here. We can't see them. But if we could, they're all over the fucking place. And ghosts might just be chilling right next to us. There's fucking ghosts in between us right now. It's touching Frank. We can't see it. Frank would Frank would let me know if a ghost was okay. petting him right now. Sometimes my cat Bruce just stares at things and yeah. it freaks me the fuck out. Um, I mean, my dog Lenny did that, but he had dementia. <laughs> <laughs> and now when I see people just stare off into space for no reason, I'm like, oh, they have dementia. <laughs> they got the mench. They got the mench. Um, so my mom, uh, about a year and a half ago, apologized to me for raising me so religious, which is really beautiful. You never think that you're going to get that from your parents, especially if you were raised by insane religious zealots who took you for exorcisms, etc. Oh, shit. Um, but she said, so she said that she was sorry for raising me, uh, so religious and that she didn't know any better and she... Because she was raised that way and she just said, I feel like having this belief system made me feel really like I missed out on a lot because my mind was closed to alternate belief systems. And the whole time she's saying this, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful because I think like 
spirituality is such a great thing to explore and most people who have differing spiritual beliefs it's just a matter of semantics and it's like they're just at different places on their journey and using different words um so as my mom's talking and i'm finding it all very beautiful it comes to a screeching halt because she says the evidence that she has that her christian beliefs are not true and the ideas that she's upset that she was closed off to by being such a ardent christian is that um she believes in ghosts and also ancient aliens <laughs> your mom's just been binge watching ancient aliens she's like i was so blind before she was so blind yeah and i'm like what a funny way to come to your spiritual awakening oh, i mean by any means like anything that makes somebody shake free of a evangelical belief system because i don't think it's healthy to believe cut and dry in anything i think that you should always kind of have mental plasticity however what brought my mom to that point was uh ghosts and aliens and she believes in them and she's so mad that christianity kept her from finding those things earlier so (laughs) i fucking love that um because Yeah, just another thing we have in common. Uh, (laughs) My mother also, I was raised devout Catholic, you know, first Holy Communion, whole shebang, church every Sunday. And then when my parents got divorced, my mom couldn't get communion anymore because she's divorced. Oh, they cut you off? You can't get your wafer? You can't get your wafer. You can't get your Jesus blood. And you've become so accustomed to that Sunday morning snack. I honestly did love communion so much, but she just became so, you know, upset and just realized, oh, they're judging me. My marriage didn't work. They want me to be unhappy. And uh, she also now is obsessed with ancient aliens (laughs) and ghosts. And, um, you know, I don't know. What does that mean? I don't know. I think it just means, okay, so maybe it's just a generational thing and it's determined by the media that we consume because like 80% of my spiritual awakening comes by means of listening to podcasts with scientists, mostly scientists, and then some philosophers. Um, Oprah's Soul Sunday's are just like my awakening um i don't know what oprah's soul sundays are enlighten me it's a new podcast i think she just started it i don't know she does this thing on facebook i think it's called like soulful sundays okay something with soul and it's on sundays okay and she interviews people and it's just fucking amazing she talked to alanis morissette she who else did she talk to oh just Every awesome person that has, like, their spiritual life figured out. Okay. And they just talk about, like, how do you get past all the bullshit? How do you find your true self? And a lot of it is just spending time on your own and meditating. Yeah. And realizing that you have to let go of your ego. And a lot of it is, like, just not putting so much importance on the mundane and the monetary things is fucking awesome. Um, I, I feel like a hippie, but it's fucking awesome. It's fine. It's fine to be like, a, you're in my house and I'm a full on hippie and I support all of that. Hippie. 
princess woman. Yeah. With your pink bedroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your mommy dearest bedroom. My mommy dearest. Oh, Deepak Chopra is yeah. another person. He meditates for like hours every day. Uh-huh. He's amazing. I've been trying to meditate, but it's hard. It's it, hard to do it daily, and it's hard to stay in it when you're doing it. Well, it's hard to do it daily because you're not always going to get to the sweet spot every single day. And in fact, like for me, my batting average is maybe 10% of the time I really get into the sweet spot. And okay. I'm sure maybe it's a muscle I need to mm-hmm. exercise more. Um but I also – I recently changed my work schedule so I don't work in the mornings anymore, and I went back to what I was doing in my bartending days, which is going to the gym, coming home and showering, and then meditating, and somehow it's a lot easier. Okay. Something about the endorphins of physical activity makes meditation a lot easier than trying to do it when you're, like, been sitting all day and it's after work and mm-hmm. whatever. Oh, so regarding our mom, so maybe it's that, like, my spiritual awakening – was aided by podcasts, but our moms are OG and they got the cable. And so what's available to them to make them think outside of their box is these really ridiculous shows about ghosts and aliens. I think that's absolutely right because I don't have cable, but my mom has direct TV. Yep. I stayed at her house for two weeks when I had bed bugs. It mm-hmm. was the worst fucking time of my life because all she did was watch ancient aliens these fake ass documentaries on animal planet or whatever yeah. the shit that is and um like married at first sight oh my god i was like i can't do this i can't that's so bad life. that's so bad i don't watch that much tv like on my own and what i do it's very like enter it's game of thrones it's you know prestige television as they say riverdale (laughs) (laughs) those hot hunky teens (laughs) um i actually think i want to watch that because i love hot hunky teens it's actually a very good show i'm gonna check it out natch butte honeys they shout out to my natch butte honeys they got me hooked Mm -hmm. i tried it and before i knew i was just binge watching riverdale putting makeup on (laughs) that sounds like a great life this is my weekends now. I just yeah. do makeup tutorials. I watch Netflix and smoke a lot of weed, and it's great. That sounds that sounds like a good weekend. Um, speaking of weed, I went to so I'm writing a musical. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, <clears throat> I'm writing. What is my part? <laughs> you can definitely be in it because we need multiple women. So it's a science fiction musical that we were going to do as a film and then we decided to release it as a 12-part serialized podcast of 10-minute episodes each featuring a song. So, uh it's ex- like my dream. It's exploring human relationships in a vaguely sci-fi setting. Uh we have season 1 totally mapped out and are working on dialogue and songs and there's going to be Seasons two and three, hopefully, because we have the plot lines for that developed already. So I went to my writer's meeting. Uh, I'm going to make it sound way more professional than it is, but I went to my weekly writer's meeting last week and I took one hit of weed and I was so fucking high. I was so fucking high. I mean, it was medical marijuana, but like I take a toke now and again and I get high, but like usually I can like function I was so, I was high for like 12 hours from one hit of pot. 
Did you write the best sci-fi song? Um, I actually, because when I smoke weed, I can't really, usually my brain wants to operate a million miles an hour and is all over the place. But when I smoke weed, it's more like swimming through mud, in which case you can't swim in every direction. So I'm a lot more focused. Like I can do, uh like very detail oriented technical stuff when I'm high because I'm not doing anything else. Uh, and so, yeah, so I got a lot of work done, but yeah, the medical marijuana, you know, they, you know, how um, old hippies talk about how when they were, it was all like dirt weed. Yeah. It was all dirt weed when they were younger. Uh, and yeah, I can't. Rig. Yeah. I, like, take me back to the 60s. I bet I could smoke weed and not be embarrassingly knocked on my ass back then. Have I showed you my insane clown posse double bong pipe? <laughs> no. Like, two people. It look, It's a skull, and then it has, like, a court jester hat, and the two... You know how the hat has two, like, pointy things with okay. bells, usually? Uh-huh. The two things are just pipes like openings okay and the one has a cover so it can be a single hitter uh-huh. or you can take the cover off and you can smoke together you can smoke it together me and my beautiful partner call it a lover bong that's and we'll be like hey babe i feel like taking a lover's hit <laughs> your relationship is so beautiful a lot of it i mean you know when you're potheads I feel like I am really a true ride or die pothead. Yeah, I'm. I don't feel bad about it. I, it's fine. No, you shouldn't feel bad I, about it. It regulates my anxiety. I can function. It's uh-huh. great. But I've been smoking weed consistently since I was a teenager. Yeah, I don't know any other life. I don't know what I'm gonna do if I ever get pregnant. I'm gonna. Oh my god, what am I gonna do? Don't just don't get pregnant. Yeah. You just know? don't get pregnant. Just adopt some fucking kids, you know? I don't if you know. Want, if you Man. want kids, adopt kids. You don't have to get pregnant. Don't put yourself through that. That's true. That's true. That's my advice. My I- mom always tells me don't adopt because they might murder you. Yeah, but your own kids might murder you. You can. This is something you can talk to my mother about. So my mother thinks everyone gets murdered. This happens. It, yeah, and it does. And it, partially it's because she's one of those people who watches a lot of true crime show. And those people tend to overestimate statistics on violent crime. But the other part is that my mom has known a lot of people who've gotten murdered. Um, I think I've told you her connections to two famous murders. One of her coworkers was killed by Ted Bundy. Are you serious? Uh-huh. When he killed someone at a ski resort, it wasn't actually, I don't think it was her coworker. It was her coworker went on a couple's retreat. So it's her coworker and her husband and then another couple. And the woman from the other couple went up to the room to get a jacket to come back down to the restaurant. They were all having dinner in the hotel. And Ted Bunny got her when she went upstairs. Holy shit. And then um, the first guy who got arrested at the Manson murder scene at um, the Sharon Tate house he he was innocent. He was sleeping the whole time. My mom went to elementary school with him. That's so weird. Which is super weird um, to have connections to such famous crimes. But uh, my mom has had three friends murdered by their kids. She, and, yeah, and she's known several people murdered by their partners. My mom's known a lot of people who've been murdered. And she can just rattle them <laughs> off. So she... I've, 
I judge her less for her uh, sort of paranoia that everyone gets murdered because she's not basing this on television. She is basing it on the fact that she's known a lot of people get murdered. Right. Um, That's insane. Yeah. I feel like I'm already super paranoid and I don't know anyone who's been murdered. Yeah. I just hear about like I was I was just thinking I'm less scared now because um, like Six or seven years ago, I was super paranoid. I would take different routes home every single day. I'd stop at random places. I'd just, like, hang out at Target for an hour after work or go to a bar and get a drink. i just do all these random things because I heard that serial killers look for people who have structured schedules oh. and are very, like, predictable. And so I would go out of my way to be like, ah, you don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You don't know where I'm going to be. And now I don't, I don't do that. But to think like if I knew someone who was murdered, oh, I would lose my damn mind. I already lose sleep at night just thinking like I might get murdered tomorrow. So I, I used to be really paranoid like that. And I've had like people follow me for like over 10 miles off of roads and stuff. So you'd think that I would have a higher level of paranoia and anxiety than I do. But I don't. I vacation and road trip alone <laughs> all the time. In fact, I don't think I locked the door after you came in. And I just realized as we were having this conversation that I need to go lock it. Because if my roommate comes home and sees that I left the door unlocked, I'm going to be in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. But I like just don't function in a paranoid way. And I probably should be like, more oh, possibly more cautious i just don't live my life that way i'm glad i, yeah. I don't want to live my life that way no one wants know? to live their life that way just talk to yourself okay. and i'll be right back um just fill the dead air so i don't have to edit okay well i don't want to be paranoid but part of me thinks it's good to be paranoid and then also i was thinking the other day i'm actually pretty lucky that I wasn't raised to become a serial killer because most murderers end up getting their head hit when they're young and they're in, raised in abusive families and they just, you know, the dark side gets switched on and they can't turn it off. And so um, part of me thinks listening to podcasts about that just make me feel more grateful that I have a pretty normal life. There we go. There's a way to put a positive spin yeah. on things. Well, I was being told that listening to murder podcasts are bad mm -hmm. and that it's making my anxiety worse. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like I said, I just, I feel grateful. I could either be getting murdered. Mortared. Mortared. <laughs> oh, I'm so old school with my moita. <laughs> she loves the radio shows about moita. I could be getting moitered. <laughs> or I could be the moita. Oh, no. <laughs> I really like this character, and no one listening can see you, but you're you're very much dressed the part of this character. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> You're very, you're very 1940s chic tonight. I feel like Betty Boop a little. You, well, if yeah. she grew her hair out. Yes. Yeah. Your Betty Page meets Betty Boop. A boop boop a doop Moira. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, okay. Um. So I was thinking, I wanted to say when you were talking about you and your partner and being potheads together, um, and you were like, I'm not going to be sorry for that. And I was, I was thinking that I think that it's real beautiful 
because Aww. I recently have uh, decided I found a place I want to go do a float tank. And nice. I always think, like, I would really like a boyfriend who is into taking mushrooms and wants to take mushrooms with me or who would go do a couple's float with me. And that's not like a normal thing. That's like that's very, very weird. Um, And in fact, most men who probably would say yes to doing a couple's float are not attractive. I'm picturing them. They wear linen pants. Okay, it's not. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what it, wait, explain to me. I think I know what you're talking about, but what is a float? Oh, so a float tank, they used to call them sub- sensory deprivation chambers. Okay, that's exactly what I was Yeah, thinking. but now okay. they're called float tanks. And you usually go in for about an hour, and it's uh-huh. really great for meditating. And what I've heard is that uh, it kind of feels like tripping balls. People will say, oh, get a little high or take some mushrooms before you go in, but... Other people to. are like, yeah, you don't need to because you you're you're the water's body temperature, and so you're not supposed to be able to tell where your body stops and the universe begins, and you're in this dark place. And like, I just I really want to do it. And the idea of being able to do something like that with a partner, where it's like, yeah, like I just let's like feel like we don't know where our body like we stop and the other person begins, and like we're all part of the universe together. And so, you know, yeah, I, I think- thank you. That's a huge compliment. Yes, yeah. I totally agree with that sentiment. I feel like that's something we would do together. Yeah. Uh, J-Law tried it and she said it was awesome. So J-Law? And Jennifer really? Lawrence. Anything she, did she says, I'm down with her, dude. She's yeah. so cool. You're down with the J-Law? I'm down with the J-Law. But um, yeah, I mean, we have done other recreational things together and often it was my first time and not his but just to have someone that doesn't judge you I've had people in the past who are like don't smoke weed don't drink don't do this don't do that and it's never fun when people judge you or put regulations on you yeah to have someone that you can experiment with and share those different experiences with it is really cool and I I do think it's not really that often that both people are into those things. Exactly. Who want so. to, like, push. Because people tend to be rigid. And yeah. I think that's why people like alcohol, because alcohol lowers your inhibition. So yes. their idea is, like, they walk around and they're just so fucking uptight. And their idea of the world is so like constructed and then they drink so they can kind of break out of that shell but if you're like me where i'm like alcohol to me is like the dirtiest drug ever i totally agree because it really doesn't enhance your consciousness or understanding or make you a better person at all it quickly becomes a crutch because rather than learn how to be more open to new experiences organically you learn that you can only do that with um I fixed your headphones. You can only do that with uh with the use of this drug. So um so when people are kind of bar hounds, I I've known I've known men who they go to bars like five times a week at least and they get real judgy about the fact that I like to take mushrooms or whatever. And I'm like, well, your idea of letting loose is going and sitting at this wooden plank 
and then needing this thing to help you relax versus a tool that can teach you to then do this on your own. And I think that's what I really like about psychedelics and stuff Mm -hmm. is because it's not an acute experience. You actually, through the experience of the trip, learn how to function in different ways when you're sober. Um, But yeah, the idea of being with someone who thinks that that's weird of me or is judgy of that, uh, I can't do that. Because being a hippie is kind of the only thing that makes me makes me okay with being alive (laughs) right yeah Yeah. I mean it's a great experience like you said it's great opening your mind and there are parts of me that I do wonder like man am I just gonna keep fucking doing this like what's gonna happen if we decide to have kids I don't think it's really that cool when people smoke weed when they're pregnant that's just my own thing yeah well Um, it's not good you know like to each their own but I'm not gonna do that and part of me just thinks like there has to be an end game right like there has to be a point where this comes to an end you stop having fun but part of me is like but why baby i don't have to have kids i do not need that in my life i need to fucking be chill as fuck and enjoy my life so i don't know it's a toss-up it's things i think about i enjoy both and i think a lot of it I just let my own anxiety get to me and I am constantly trying to judge myself and tell myself I'm a bad person when really it's like, guess what? If I get pregnant, I'll fucking deal with it then. I don't need to guilt myself about something that isn't even even relevant. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I do that all the fucking time. Yeah. You're scolding your future self with what ifs. You're killing your baby. It's not there. Yeah. It's not (laughs) there. You're not pregnant. Speaking of babies, I'm not going to get into it. Because it's kind of weird and gross. But, you know, I told you I got a diva cup. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask about that. My mom told me I was disgusting for using one. Really? <laughs> she said, you're a fucking gross-ass hippie. I can't believe you. You're so gross. Get away from me. She seriously <laughs> said that because you used a diva cup? Because we went to dinner and I was like, I, we were talking about working out. And I was like, yeah, I haven't been working out this week. But I'm just going to blame on my period. You know, I just got my diva cup. I'm getting used to it. And she was just like, ew, ew. And I, what and mom did your mom think i'm gross because i use ob tampons nah, i'm gonna tell her tell her she just she, she used to, she's a tampon lady okay she doesn't get her period anymore because i don't know what the fuck she did she got some kind of birth control she only gets her period like once a year okay i think she has an iud or something yeah and um but she's just you know, she's the woman that told me not to touch myself when I was a little girl. Oh, like, uh-huh. you know, don't ever touch your vagina. Leave it alone. She's just, like I said, she's raised Catholic. Yeah, there's a lot of guilt in that. She don't fucking know. And honestly, with the Diva Cup, it's great. You don't have to change it for 12 hours. You can mm-hmm. go all day with it just in there. You don't even know it's there. But you do have to touch your vagina to put it in there. Like, just, that's just it. And honestly, though, I feel like doesn't every woman need to be okay touching their own yes. vagina? Yes. I haven't been for so many years. I don't touch it. I don't. What? It's weird to me. I'm like, just don't touch it. And then when I got the cup, I just had a revelation of, bitch, this is your fucking body. And you're not touching your own damn bo- No one else sees this except you and whoever you decide yeah. to show it to. And you're not even going to fucking touch it? 
it's like a mystery to me. I was just like, <laughs> it was crazy. I had some revelations. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about vaginas. Well, number one, they're all different. But number yeah. two, because you know, I was raised super religious and I discovered masturbation because I had a jacuzzi tub. Oh. And <laughs> so, right? So when I was 12, I would have at it i would see how many times i could get off before i became completely exhausted i would oh let the jets God. blow on my jets blow on my pussy my butthole like all of it i loved it and then i got a pamphlet <laughs> i saw i got a pamphlet at work one of those little christian or at, at church one of those christian comic books and it was about the sin of masturbation it was about a little boy and i was like oh fuck and this is how like society teaches you about sex from such a young age is this pamphlet was about how God was watching this little boy masturbate. And I knew that if it was bad for a boy to do it, that it was worse for a girl to do it. Because even then, I knew that women being sexual was worse than men being sexual. So I was like, fuck. And so for like a year and a half, two years after that, I felt dirty washing myself in the shower. Like I had to make myself wash myself in the shower. That's what I'm talking about. It was such, it was such a sense of shame to even touch my own vagina Mm -hmm. because it felt dirty to me. And it wasn't until puberty like really kicked in and I read the whole Bible and then was like, oh, I don't believe any of this. And it was like the minute I slammed the Bible shut, I just started whacking it again. But now I'm Because I just, I feel like you need to know, and I used to only use vibrators to masturbate, and I would just use a a vibrator on my clit, and then I think during maybe some sort of, like, battery incident, or I didn't have batteries, I used my hand, and then I was like, okay, first of all, this is exciting, because it's a different sensation, Mm -hmm. but also, it's so much more intimate. You get to know yourself, and I feel like you really need to be comfortable with yourself in order to be comfortable with a partner doing things to you, because you're like, I know what they're getting into, yeah. So, I mean, if I ever have a daughter, that's like my number one thing is like, girl, you better masturbate before you have sex. Yes. Because I didn't masturbate until I was 19 years old. I had sex when I was 15. That's insane to me. It's How insane. old were you when you had your first orgasm? Oh, gosh. Probably like in my 20s. Really? Oh, yeah. It wasn't until like way later. That's crazy. It's so all none insane. of these. Are- because if you had been masturbating when you were a teenager, it would have probably put off you losing your virginity. Yes. And then you also would have known that these whack-ass dudes weren't doing it right. Oh, my God. I didn't have good sex until probably, like, uh, it was a lot later on in my yeah. sexual life. Multiple partners. Yeah. And I looked back. I actually cried one time because I was just like, I had so much fucking like lustless sex yeah there was just no passion there it was just the guy pumping on me yeah and i was just like i can't fucking believe i let that happen like, yeah the I- old kiss and stick where you're like what the fuck like he, we we made out for five seconds and then he fucked me honestly i always just thought i was supposed to be there for the guy Ooh. and i never knew that like women had like all this passion to feel yeah i didn't know about the clit i didn't know what was happening oh that makes me so sad i mean it was i had i mean we've all had like a lot of orgasmless sex right and now even if it's my first time with a partner and i if i really like someone i can kind of feel nervous and shy when we first start being intimate but even if it's my first time with a partner if like we get to the fucking and they didn't make me come first i'll start i'll start 
rubbing rubbing myself like while they fuck me i'm like well oh, you're yeah i'm like well listen i'm gonna come i want to get there i want to be there i'm still like i still can't use my hands it's so weird i have to get my vibrator like i said i didn't masturbate till i was 19 and it was my best friend who took me to castle and bought me a vibrator and yeah. was like put it here do some shit and then I went crazy. I was like masturbating every night. Because you're like, like fuck, months. yeah, oh, yes. And with the boyfriend I was with at the time, I was 19, we're living together, and he would get so upset that when he came home and I'd be like, I masturbated. I just warmed up for you. And he'd be like, you're disgusting. What? I can't believe you did that. You're so gross that you, oh, you're masturbating too much. And what? I was just like, it was a confusing time. Like, remember when I told you my mama didn't teach me about my body? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a confusing time. I'm goddamn 30 and I barely figured out touching my own vagina. That's so crazy to I me. I know. It sucks. It's insane. I feel like very selfish in the way that men are going to come. Like, they just are. They're going to come. They uh, occasionally every so often a guy can't come because he's drunk or he's on meds or he's crying while inside of you it <laughs> happens it happens um but like for the most part men are gonna bust a nut no matter what happens and we aren't guaranteed an orgasm no and i feel I feel that men are really lucky that women have sex with them. Like anyone that I fuck and I'm not saying I date garbage men because I don't, but like I, they, they're lucky. They're lucky that I'm giving them the time of day. And the worst part is, is that there's other women in line who want them behind me because like, because yeah. we have no shame women. We're all too good for everyone. And yet we fuck them. So I have no shame in like, if they came and I didn't afterwards, like, being like, hey, you want to, like, play mm -hmm. with me or you want to make out with me while I play with myself? Because I couldn't help but notice that you busted a nut and I am not there yet. So, I don't know. Can you just lick my nipple while I fucking finish myself? <laughs> you know? Like, just let's just do this because I don't think it's fair that you came and I didn't. Right. I mean. It's not fair. It's not fair. That's probably why I'm getting married because you're my Dr. D always makes sure I come. Yeah, that's marriage material. We might have sex and he'll be like, I noticed you didn't come. And I'll be like, it's fine. Let's go take a shower. And he goes, bitch, it's not fine. It's and not fine. He pins me down, does a little la -la 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 with his whatever. Yeah. And his tricks. You yeah. know, he's got a handful of tricks that just all rotation. of a sudden my toes are arching and my feet are cramping. And I feel, man, I feel like a, a woman. woman. <laughs> um, no, that's beautiful. That is marriage material. It, you know, just to be with someone that is not so selfish that yes. they don't even recognize that you didn't come. Like, yeah. just the fact that he notices. And sometimes I really am like, you know what? I'm not feeling this. I just want to go. I just like, want to, yeah. I'm glad you came. I did what I came to do, and I'm I'm good for now. Uh, but the fact that he's always there to offer, and he always it's just it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and sometimes I think like I'm I'm not gonna come, like I'm too mm -hmm. wound up or I'm too uptight. Right. And sometimes they're like, I really want to make you come, and I'm like, whoa, whatever. If it makes you happy, and then you're like, actually, I feel a lot better. 
Oh man, sometimes I'm in such a fucking bad mood. Yeah, I'm just so pissy, and then I have an orgasm, and I'm like, "Oh, the world is beautiful." Why do we fight? Yeah, no. Why do we fight? I just I st- I have my own musical, and I, I love just, it. I bust out a musical number. I dance. Yeah. Oh Jesus. I mean, that's why I I feel like with age, I've become more precious about sex than I ever was before. Mm-hmm. And part of it's, you know, that I don't drink, so I don't have regrettable sex anymore. Right. Um, and also that I was just in a really bad relationship for so long that it makes me a little, like, gun-shy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've become, the less sex I have, the more precious I've become about it. And I'm always, like, so, like, ooh, I don't know. I don't want to, what if I have <laughs> sex with this person and it turns out I don't like them or if it turns out they hurt my heart or whatever. Right. And, and realistically, like, I just need to fuck them. Like, I need to be less precious about it okay. because, I, you know, I, I gained a lot of weight over, like, the past year and a half because I just really ate my way through my life collapsing. And uh, I recently became sexually active again. Mm-hmm. And, like, bam, 15 pounds. Gone. Yeah, I was just going to say you also recently lost the weight. Uh, yeah, I lost uh, half of it and, like, rather easily because I'm not eating my feelings. And because I – probably 80% of the time that I'm hungry, I'm just horny. I'm just right. horny. And I also, I, I need having things to look forward to. So I always need to have vacations and plans and time with friends and also fucking. Like if I know, I'm not going to eat my body weight in Ethiopian food if I know I'm getting a dick in anytime <laughs> soon. You know what I'm saying? Because it's going to make me fart. You're and planning. Yeah, I plan for my immediate future. Right. And so I kind of realized like, oh, I need to be less like, precious about this and just there's like a vulnerability that I feel where because I'm a woman of a certain age and biologically my body really wants to partner up and have a child right like that's what's going on behind the scenes do you I don't want to do you still feel like that even though you can't yeah, like, which is cause, because hormonally, it's like my hormones, my ovaries haven't gotten the message that, like, we're not having children. That's so interesting. And so, like, because I used to not want every person I, like, had a crush on to, like, be the love of my life and last forever or whatever. And now I, like, seriously, like, just so desperately it's it's weird to separate my conscious logical mind from my emotional mind and like my emotional brain and all my hormones are like fall in love and get married and like partner up and like which is this is why it's a good thing that I got my fallopian tubes removed so that I don't like think I'm in love with some idiot who wants to have kids and be like I'll have your babies because like I don't want kids yeah uh and um but yeah so it's really weird so i think that's part of it is that like if someone if i have like a connection with someone and we have like good sex i'm like so in love with them and it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. i didn't used to be like that i used to be more like objectively like this isn't forever and it's fine and so like that's my thing now where i'm like man what if what if i fuck this person and it's real good and then i think i want to marry them like it's just might happen. I mean, we're at that age, that prime age, everyone I know is getting engaged or married or, you know, 
having kids or buying a house. There's just like they're taking that next level into adulthood, yeah. even if it doesn't have anything to do with relationships. But it's just, uh, I don't know. Well, not me. I mean, I'm buying an RV, so I've got that going for me. But that is a house. Uh, it is a house on wheels. Um, but other than that, I'm not going to do any of the other things. <laughs> I'm, it would be cool. I would like to get married one day, but yeah. I don't really know that that's in the uh, cards for me. It's it's a pain in the ass. Well, I'm not going to have a wedding. You're planning <laughs> a wedding right now, and it's stressful. Let me just tell you. Um, this little thing happened today. Uh, Deacon's aunt who we haven't talked to since we got engaged. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, she's in the, in the atmosphere, but we don't talk to her on a regular basis. We just found out she's making a full size wall, a poster board collage of pictures of Deacon from when he's a baby to put up at our wedding. And she didn't ask you. No, she doesn't even know. We know his grandma told us. She's just making this. I was like, isn't it going to be weird to have a bunch of pictures of you as a baby? There's no pictures of me. There's no now pictures of my family. Now someone your family has to make one. Yeah, there's not. Uh, she's just going to bring it. She's just going to bring it to the wedding. She's not even saying anything to us. This is, a, this is the bullshit you have to do. It's weird. Yeah, I don't like any of that. It's weird. And a lot of people aren't at RSVPing. They're just saying, oh, we'll probably show up. That's and not how weddings work. If you don't want to feed us, you don't have to feed us. I'm like, guess what? Just fucking tell me you're going to be here and I'll give you some food. Yeah. It's that easy. Yeah. It's bizarre. Weddings are... I thought I was going to get... I had this whole princess bullshit in my head. I'm going to get engaged. Oh, everyone's just going to fawn over me and it's just... These birds are going to come put my wedding together like Cinderella. It's no. beautiful. It has been nothing... But bullshit and stress from the minute we got engaged. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, be careful what you wish for. I I'm so excited to be a missus, uh-huh. but the serum, the whole thing of getting the wedding together, this is a hundred and fifty plus size wedding. This is bullshit. Um, yeah, it's all bullshit. <laughs> what am I thinking? What am I doing? I don't know. When you were planning your wedding, uh, and you said something about like and Sydney and whoever she's dating at the time, and I was like, "You think I won't have a boyfriend by your wedding? It's a year away." I mean, honestly, you and Mahala, I figured you would find people, but I was not sure. You don't know. Well, she was single. You were single. Guess what? You both have dates. Well, I mean, I don't have a set date. I think actually, oh. I'm bringing Jessica. Oh, okay. As because I'm gonna marry her. She's fucking awesome, She's... guys. Let me just let me just give yeah. the the people the down low. Yeah, we met Jessica. I met her through Sydney, and she's from Indiana, and she's just this chill ass chick. You just like all of a sudden she's coming up to you. She's like, "Hey, baby, tell me about yourself. What's going on? What are you doing? I love I love hanging out with you. Let's go swimming. I brought some vodka. I brought some drinks. I bought some ice cubes. Yep." 
I fucking love this lady. She's the best. She's what I like to call a yes person, where if you say, hey, do you want to do this thing? That's right. She says yes. She's gone to, she went to a weird hip hop house show party with me where we were seriously 10 years older than everyone else there. (laughs) We went to see a weird art folk show in a church basement. She just says yes to everything. And if I'm like, hey, do you want to eat these mushrooms before we go? She's like, yeah, I probably should. And I'm like, yes. I love that. I I just love that because because some of my best friends I've met because they were strangers and they were like, hey, do you want to go do this thing? And I was like, yeah, I don't know you at all. And I've never done that before. Yes, because I, I am very comfortable with the unfamiliar. And so I like that about her. And uh, we we have similar life goals and similar life philosophies. Mm-hmm. And therefore, uh, and we both want to own an RV. Okay. So we have discussed entering into a Boston marriage, which is what women, rather than be spinsters, they partner up. It's not a sexual relationship. I love this. They're not lesbians, but they partner up in order to have someone to split the bills with and have a life partner, a support system. And so she's kind of the ideal Boston marriage for me. I fucking love this. So I think she's going to come to your wedding with me because I'm still going to love her in a month and a half. And I can't say that really about anyone else. That's so true. That's awesome. That's, so, that's what me and Mahal are going to do when our significant others die. Yeah. We're just going to team up. Yeah. I, I didn't want to do it before because, quite honestly, I didn't want to raise a child. But, you know, her child will be raised. Yeah, wait till that child's great. an adult and then you're good. Yeah. I, I love her. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to be her parent. Yeah. And that's fine. And that's, yeah, that's acceptable. If I wanted a kid, I'd get pregnant. Jesus <laughs> Everyone's doing it. I don't I don't yeah. know that they should. I don't know. But yeah, that's really great about I fucking love that concept. That's just so chill. And you know what? I feel like I need to be more that's one of the things I'm working on. I need to be more open because I have this like aesthetic that I've noticed lately. People just feel like they can open up to me. Uh-huh. People I just randomly get these people all the time coming up to me. Did your facial piercings hurt? Did your tattoos hurt? I love your bangs. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm such a fucking bitch because I don't want to talk to anyone. And all I just quickly shut it down. I'm like, no, it didn't hurt. Okay, bye. And I imagine how many people I could meet. You yeah. don't want to talk to me. It's I, weird. I used to be against that because I'm the same way people want to talk to me. And... But, yeah, sometimes, like, I don't know. I just meet these people who are so random and weird, and I get along because my brother has Asperger's, and then I went to school for technology. Like, I'm I'm very comfortable with people who are kind of on the spectrum, mm-hmm. and so I tend to accumulate friends, like, random strangers who become friends who are definitely – they probably struggle socially otherwise, and – no one would think that someone who's as quote-unquote social as me, which it's just an act. Like, my brother and I talk about he has the character he has to play to get through life because he studied how other people interact and emulates it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, but that's what I do, too. Um, And he says when he's off work, he has to go sit in the dark to, like, decompress from all that. And I go, oh, yeah, I do that, too. It's just that I've contrived a more social character and so I end up with a lot of these like random friends who are very like spectrum me who I really appreciate and maybe 
I think I, I, I like them because they probably are, they go underappreciated mm-hmm. by mainstream people who just see a weirdo or someone who's awkward or, right. you know, and I like, I can really see through that and see that there's an interesting person underneath. Yeah. And also like, it's, it's a, it's a shell that not many people have like cracked. And so I, I don't know. I, I need to work on that. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to work on that. I need to be more open. Is there something about being an alt chick that people just feel like they can come up to you and touch you and be like you're cool looking? Which sometimes it's gross because a lot of yeah. times it's people who see you as like they probably think that you're sexually kinky and you're a party girl and all these things. That might be it. And I hate that. I fucking hate that because that's not who I am and right. that's not who you are. Right. Um, but if you like push past it to be like, I'm going to show you that I'm actually this like, uh, to quote my coworker, he said I was a beautiful soul. Oh, and you are. I really, I was like, I fucking love you. I love that. Um, and, and so I was like, yeah, I just push past it and be like, yeah, well, I'm going to show you that I'm an intellectual person and I'm also like a really beautiful person. And the best way to express that is to like treat a complete stranger with unconditional love, which is like a really bizarre concept. But I think that's very rebellious. It is. And it's so profound in its own way, too. Yeah. Like that's just it takes so much compassion and like to really see past just what is on the surface to do that mm-hmm. well uh and i forget this quote because i heard it from someone who on a podcast who quoted it from someone else um and it's probably ramdas because it always is but it was that um hate is a lack of imagination and so like it's really easy to immediately like if someone does something that you don't like to just be like they're a fucking asshole or be offended or whatever but to push past the hate and say like, oh, they're a human being and what would have conditioned them and what sort of logic board were they running that led them to say or do that thing that I found offensive, but what is the back-end programming that created that, which diffuses the hate and creates empathy. Um, and also, yeah, so it's like, it's a harder muscle to flex the like empathetic loving one. It's really easy to react to anything with like anger or annoyance. But to like push to the next level, that involves effort, which is why I think back to my like philosophy that I think the only way left to be rebellious is to be kind. That's to, so true. To be like to be I think it's really rebellious to be healthy and take care of yourself and practice self-love because we don't live in a society that values that or is conducive to that. And I think it's really rebellious to be loving. Mm, yeah. Like Tony Robbins always says, um, you can't be grateful and angry at the same time. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. He said, when, when you know, when you're fearful or angry, take three minutes for each minute, focus on one thing that you're so grateful for. You can picture yourself in that gratitude moment. You can yeah. feel yourself, you know, petting your dog or doing whatever the fuck makes you grateful. And um, by the end of three minutes, you're filled up with gratitude. You don't feel anger or fear anymore. Yeah. So you can't feel both of those things at the same time. Interesting. Yeah. And also, the other day you told me, um, I told you how I've been working out and eating healthier and it feels good. And you told me it's very punk rock to take care of yourself. It is. And I love that so much. I've been thinking about I'm like, I am a fucking punk. It, I mean, it is rebellious because if you think about it, like all of our internet and like 
culture, all the iconography, it's like donuts and pizza and everything and memes about like, you know, I don't know. It's always like jokes about like overeating and like that sort of thing, which are all practices in like self-disrespect, really like binge eating and junk food and all that stuff. Like, oh, I'm going to eat a bunch of stuff that makes me happy in the now that is actually really bad for me and does nothing to nourish my body or my mind. Like junk food does, yeah. it brings nothing to the table positive. It's so true. And so when you spend money, which we all we all do it, but like when you spend money uh, on junk food, you're they're a dealer. They're a fucking dealer. It's no different than spending money on heroin. Like it's not doing anything for you. And then also to be like everyone's going to happy hour and to say, oh no, thank you, I'm going to go to the gym, or everyone's going out, you know, to get chimichangas for lunch and you say oh no thank you I packed my salad like you're setting yourself apart and you really do have to have almost an oppositionally defiant like punk rock attitude where you are so I don't know you have like fucking balls of steel you have steel reserve to be like I'm not gonna do these things that everyone else is doing and I because it does set you apart to be healthy it's so true we get free lunch every wednesday and the ladies get so mad at me when i don't order lunch Mm -hmm. and i'm like you're ordering from red devil there is nothing healthy there their salads are gross i'm not i'm not even a salad person i don't like salads i mainly when i'm eating healthy i just eat vegetables and protein yeah because salads are kind of bullshit they're bullshit this the salad dressing's a lot it's it's bullshit yeah and they just get so upset that i bring my couscous bowls and you know i'm like hey ladies I try and be healthy. My body is a temple and I love it. Yeah. And then I hate when people will like make comments to me like, oh, but you're like a skinny bitch or whatever. And I just want to be like, you don't know like how I am not a naturally thin person. I come from a long line of fatties. I used to be a fatty. I have insulin resistance, which like makes you your body want to be overweight. Like. I try each and every day to like take care of myself because also my brain feels good. If I eat nothing but garbage, I don't feel good mentally. And so I hate when people act like, oh, you know, you're just a skinny bitch. And I'm just like, I make a conscious decision hundreds of times a day to make better choices. Right. Because, and it's hard. So, yeah. Uh, well, let me just say, I feel like you look the best you've ever looked. Thank you. I don't want you to lose or gain a pound. Well, thank Great. you. Great. Fabulous. I'm probably going to lose more. I know you are. And that's your right. And that's, you know, whatever your personal preference yeah. is. But I, I love what's going on well, right thank now. Thank you. Thank you. I actually don't know if I'll lose that much more weight, but I am back in the gym and working out, so it should get a lot more fit. And that in itself, you know, it's just good for your mind also. I mean, like you said, you feel clear when you're working out. Junk food just kind of makes it adds to that depression. Oh, yeah. When I work out every day, I just I feel aces. I take my weed tincture and I work out and everything is amazing. Every Yeah, I, I think it was like two weeks ago. I did like a girl's pool night and someone brought a box of Oreos and I ate an entire box of Oreos and I was the meanest person the next day. First of all, I was out of my mind. One of the girls said if she didn't know me, 
and didn't know that I had just had a lot of sugar, she would have thought that I was on meth. She's like, your eyes and the way you were acting, I would have thought that you were like coked out or methed out. And the whole next day, I was super, super like mean and aggressive. And then the day after that, I was just really like depressed. It's not sugar. I know. And I was like, so people, when I say like, oh, I can't have sugar, like it, I could, because if I taste one bit of sugar, I go on a bender. It's just like yeah. a cokehead who takes one bump of coke and the next five days they're awake. Like that's how I am with sugar. And then seeing the, the mental hangover and the way it affected my like um, my emotional and like cognitive functioning was like was really bad. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, probably not going to do that ever again. I actually like I now I that was a good reminder and now when I see like the cookies that I love so much at the store that I was obsessed with I kind of look at them in the way that like if you just recently had a really bad hangover you look at alcohol and you're just right. like bleh, bleh. where I'm like no no thank you yeah no get out of here with that and I just like look at like food where I'm like yeah it tastes good but like there's no vitamins in it or whatever where I'm like because I work at a place that sells, like, French fries, and I see French fries all day. And French fries are great. People love French fries. You dip them in ketchup. But, like, I look at them, I'm like, you want me to want you, but what are you bringing to the table? <laughs> it's like a fine man who's broke as fuck. Right. Where I'm like, you ain't got shit. You look good, and you might feel good going in me, and out, and in, and out, <laughs> and in. But, like, I can't spend my life with you. I can't spend my life with you French fries. That's, that's how I feel about bread. Yeah. I recently went to a child's birthday party. It was a lot of pizza. I had three pieces of pizza. I went home and I ate a bowl of spaghetti yeah. with a slice of bread. And then later that night, I ended up uh, just eating a bunch of leftover pizza crust. Yep. Yep, that's exactly what I would have done. It's so fucked up. No, but like, that's exactly what I would have done. I probably would have stopped on the way home and bought a I pizza. I was like Oprah. I was just like, I love bread. <laughs> I love bread. <laughs> oh, my God. I was listening to her Soul Sunday, whatever the fuck, podcast, and she did it again, but I forgot what she said. She loves something else, but she was just like, I love bread meditating or whatever ah! she did that i was like oprah you oprah! love bread bitch loves I it love bread okay <laughs> that's enough of that. oh, i love it i love it oprah to soul sundays because um i don't do it every sunday now but i did for a while and now it's one sunday a month i watch t.s madison videos on youtube because i feel like t.s madison will take you to church like she really has a way of just yeah. being super direct and being like, "That's enough." Yeah, that's I enough, love me bitch. So She's the best. Okay, so it's called Oprah's Super Soul Conversations. If <laughs> anyone wants to, it has me just. I am loving it. She, she had India Ari on it. Um, you know Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra. She's just. She's all about it. She's it's good. I just really am going to love writing the description for this episode in which we talk almost exclusively about drugs, masturbation, <laughs> and spirituality. What else <laughs> is there in life, people? Nothing. Nothing. There isn't anything. This also, hard-hitting topic. You told me about... Um, 
Is it sex magic where you create a sigil and then you yes. masturbate on the concept? Yeah. And There's, it's it's you know it's in depth, but that is a yes basic summary. Yeah, and I listened to a last podcast on oh, the last yes. recently about chaos magic where they talked about it. And I had told you because I'm not a magic practitioner, and I never will be. It's just not something that appeals to me. I don't know. She can't but I fun. But I said I told you I was like, yeah. Sometimes when I like really want something, and I'm fixating on how to achieve a goal or a dream or put a plan into action, Bust sometimes a nut on it. Yeah, I seriously sometimes I'll think about it while masturbating in order to like heighten my emotional tie to it. Yeah. To pursue it, which it turns out is a. Chaos magic. It's chaos magic uh, that I'm, yeah, you bust a nut on it and make your dreams come true. I have a whole book. I mean, you don't need to read the book. You're not going to practice magic. Yeah. But I have a whole book on it. I haven't yet read it, but my goal, <laughs> I wanted to make a sigil to lose weight for my wedding and be at my ideal weight. Mm-hmm. I never did, but I feel like I'm getting there anyways just because I put it out into the universe and I just like, I envision myself and think yeah. I am already that weight. Yes. I'm already that. I'm secreting it. Yeah. Which secreting is a lot of magic has to do with that. Just putting the intention and the thought that's part of chaos magic, part of the sigil. That's what you're doing with masturbating. Yeah. I think it works. I'm down for it. Like, it's great. It's fun. Well, because sometimes it, you feel like you want to achieve a goal. Like, you want to learn a new language. And you'll think about it, but then it just, like, you forget about it, and it goes out of your consciousness, and then you'll hear someone speaking German, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I want to learn German. And, like, if you really, really want something, you need to have it at the forefront of your consciousness because you're making decisions every single day that affect whether or not you're achieving that goal. So if it's Mm -hmm. at the forefront of your consciousness, maybe instead of listening to another podcast, you'll listen to your German lessons, right? right? Or instead of, you know, spending time reading gossip blogs, you'll work on German. Like, you'll make decisions that'll clear the room to pursue that goal. But if you don't, either you, you don't really want it or you don't have, like, an emotional tie to it, it's going to keep slipping away and it's just going to be this unattainable thing. That's right. And so if there's something that I know rationally I really, really want that keeps getting lost in the shuffle of daily life... Bust a nut on it. Yeah. Uh, 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 Volkswagen. Uh, all, of, all, all of a sudden, it's speaking all the German. Speaking all the German. Speaking. So, oh, so good dog, Volkswagen. Oh. I, I literally, I was like, I literally don't know any German. No, you knew, but you knew what a German car was. It's a Volkswagen. I saw a BMW in a parking lot today mm-hmm. that's vanity plate was Adolf. Ew. Which maybe the guy, oh, I, the only thing I could think is that. The guy driving it was German and named Adolf, but any other no. any other interpretation of what the fuck was happening with that car is wrong and bad. Doesn't even even if if I was a German named Adolf, I would change my name. I would go by Addy. Addy, I like. And then people would say, "Is that short for Addison?" And I'd say, "Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, Addy." I fucking hate all these Nazis, man. Let me just throw that out there. I know this isn't a political podcast. I don't even know because I'm out of the loop. Is it maybe blown out of proportion due to? I don't think it is. 
Oh, right. You can't have Nazis march in the streets saying Jews will not replace us. They just can't do that. I will replace you, bitch. Yeah. No, I won't. But I'll just be next to you like a normal fucking person. And if you want to talk about it, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to open my there heart. Open your heart and go, who hurt you? Who hurt you, baby? Yeah. Nazi man. Yeah. And being like, you? because I obviously like psychologically, that's coming from a place of feeling like lost and unrepresented. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's what happens, I guess, when you have a black president. Yeah. All the fucking racist Nazi people can't handle it. Well, they don't and have anyone representing them. Yeah, they feel like they don't have, or they're so used to having representation, aye, aye, aye. or... Uh, well, I wish I was more like you. I know you don't really watch news, yeah. right? You no, don't I don't. keep up with the... Because this. I, I have to limit my exposure to things that I don't yeah. have control over that are going to upset me. I need to be more like that. I need to just cut myself off because... I in my day to day life, is anyone being racist to me? No. Mm-hmm. Is anyone, you know, attacking me? No. And should I be should we all be just knowledgeable? I mean, yeah, I guess so. We should all know it's happening. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm fucking crying and there's really no reason because it's not happening to me. Well, and you're not the only one having that reaction. But if we're all staring at our devices, keeping up with news that's hurting our hearts, what we're not doing is reaching out and connecting to right. each other one on one. I mean, and so that's the thing is if if I spent my time reading in-depth news and getting upset about it, I would have a really. We would have been I, able to tell people about soul cycles. Yeah. Super conversations. I still don't even know what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, if I, it would, it would hinder my, it would hurt my understanding of other people. I would think negatively of other humans and therefore make it harder for me to be a positive force to affect change in the world. Right. And so it tears us apart. The more we stare at screens, the less we stare into each other's hearts. Is that the, that's the most fucking hippie thing I've ever said profound but it's true it is true it's true and i think it's more meaningful instead of knowing about every single happening and negative thing that the president said i think it's more important to get to know a stranger because everyone's looking at trump and the people who are angry and full of hate they don't feel seen right and so that's why they're connecting to someone who's this loud mouth bigot who has a spotlight because they work you know, maybe they work menial jobs. There's no advancement in their field. And because obviously, like, those are the people who are against um, affirmative action because they they feel like they're disadvantaged. And how dare someone else have an advantage, right? That's their perception of it. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that we have had systemic racism that has really right. gone on too oh. long. Uh, but anyways, so like those people are angry and reactionary because they don't feel seen and people now feel the way to get seen is to like mouth off in media and say these horrible reactionary things. But if instead of staring at screens, we were staring into each other's hearts, more people would feel seen and less people would be angry. Truer words have never been said. I love that. I am going to stop watching the news. I'm going to start looking into people's hearts. Mm -hmm. And I really wish 
all of America would just ghost Trump. Just stop. Just ghost him, just man. Stop looking at his Twitter. Stop responding. You know, at news media, ghost Trump. Just if no one put out what he was saying, you know, what would he do? He's everyone's crazy rambling uncle, he but he's is. also an insane person who's on amphetamines. And were he not, you know, the benefactor of years of corporate welfare, were he just an average Joe with his mentality and his drug addiction, he might be living under a fucking bridge, you know, or he might be trying to get treatment in a drug treatment facility that he couldn't because he didn't have insurance because he's not a wealthy person. Like, he is... Someone who somehow, through a series of unfortunate events, has risen to the top. But he's a rambling, crazy person. Oh, yeah. I mean, he says he doesn't do drugs because his brother was a drug addict. He says he doesn't drink or do any drugs. I don't know. He's on prescription amphetamines. And a lot of people like him don't think that those are drugs. Well, that's what the whole opioid crisis is about, man. Yeah, I know people who are on fucking... Who have been on... Uh, large doses of opiates for over a decade for mm-hmm. a car accident they were in, right. and they're not. They, they don't perceive that they're junkies. And I'm like, I'm so, I, you're a junkie. Yeah. You're a fucking junkie, and that's fine. I don't have like judgment with it, but to act like you don't do drugs, you do drugs. Bro. You do drugs. You do drugs, bro. Listen, wow. we've really covered the spectrum. Here. Yeah. <laughs> you do drugs, bro. You do drugs, bro. What was it? Ma- it was masturbation, yeah. drugs, and spirituality. Yeah, a little chaos magic, some po- politics. Some politics. So, listen, Oprah. just next time you want to read the news, just beat off. Just be off. Just bust a nut on it. Try touching yourself. Explore your vagina. Explore your dick. Explore. If you're a guy, fucking explore your anus. It oh, does, it okay. It does not make you homosexual. No, it doesn't. If you're straight and you want someone to put a finger in your butt. That's all I'm saying. Apparently, a lot of guys are confused about this. They want anal play, but they think it makes them gay. It doesn't make them gay. I know it does. It does it's make crazy. It does make me uncomfortable, which is yeah. here's I act like I'm someone who doesn't have hang-ups, but everyone has hang-ups. I've heard that the prostate orgasm is like is next level shit. I've heard that. That's what I've heard too. I haven't experienced it yet with anyone. I've I never. I don't want to play with anyone's butt. And I feel bad because when guys are into butt stuff. Yeah. I cringe. I feel like I'd have to put a glove or condom on. I would I would put on one of my 500 pink finger cots that I got there from Amazon. Go. Um, What'd you get those for? I cut my knuckle down okay. to the bone Ooh. And uh, at work, it got, like, sliced open, and it was during a time where I didn't have health insurance. Mm -hmm. And so just, like, working in the service industry, I had to wear finger cots and change them throughout my shift because I was cut to the fucking bone. Um, And so it was either, like, 12 at Walgreens for $3 or $500 for $5 on Amazon. And I was like, oh, I'll use these. Now that you're not cut to the bone, you can use them to finger an anus. I can. Well, I use them if I have to put hemorrhoid medicine on. I don't okay. want to touch my butthole. You want to touch your own butthole? I don't really want to touch my own butthole. I graze it sometimes, but I'm not I mean, yeah, I gra- listen, we all graze our butthole. It's out there. But, like, I'm not, I don't want to, especially <laughs> if I have to put it inside my butthole, I'm not, I don't want to, oh, yeah. I'm not bare fingering that. No. Like, I don't know. I don't. 
We all know. We all know what's happening. Yeah, I serve people food for a living. Mm-hmm. I can't have E. coli under my fingernails lurking. I don't know how... Scar- that is so professional of you. I love that. Most people would not even consider other people like that. I yeah. You're like, I'm a professional. I'm not trying to give people any sort of pathogens. You Again, guys, I care. Sydney is not going to get you all sick with her poop fingers. I'm not going to. Yes. I protect my finger to protect you. <laughs> and now I have these finger cots. If someone wants me to finger their butthole and I decide to think about it. I got some coconut oil, <laughs> which is is real healthy for your holes. I've heard everyone's like, oh, use coconut oil as lube. It's, well, it's antimicrobial and okay. antifungal, so it won't, uh, it doesn't alter your vaginal pH, but it will kill uh, bacteria and fungus, so that's good. My partner always just spits on me, and I don't, I honestly don't know how I feel about it. Spit dries. It's just, I also am like, is that a loogie? I know he's he's not spitting loogies on my vagina, but part of me just can't help but be scared and be like, is that a, wait, 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 that looked thick. Is that a loogie? And most of the time it's just dry mouth, but Jesus, it's scary. You know, that's real trust. No, I'm right there with you because, like, honestly, it's so weird because you will, like, you'll make out with someone, you'll deep throat their dick, they'll eat your pussy, and then the minute they spit, it's gross. You're like, no! How dare you? What do you think I, what do you think I am, one of your two dollar whores? (laughs) You trying to moiter me with that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What do you got in that spit, moiter? She's giving a police report. We were making love, officer, like we always do. And then, oh, oh, Jesus, too hot to even say out loud. Well, officer, he spit on me. I love that this accent goes from, like, oh, 1940s no. Hollywood to somehow Southern. It's hard it's to a, keep. We gotta, yeah, it's hard to keep. You get, we'll work Listen, on it, guys. We'll I'm on. not a linguist. Yeah, it's <laughs> not, a, not, a, not a linguist. I accidentally said moiter, and, and then it just all spiraled out of control. Jesus. Oh, I love it so much. I love it so much. There's, there's, there's reporters there with a little thing in their hat that says press. Tell us more, madam. <laughs> What consistency was the spit? Was it thick? Was it a loogie? Well, I didn't really get a good look at it. (laughs) But I I think I I honestly think I saw a loogie. (laughs) He spit in his palm. (laughs) And he rubbed it together. (laughs) (laughs) He said he wanted to warm it up for me. stupid i love it so hard it's It's the best no it's the best ah this podcast you gotta listen past the hour mark and then it gets real good yeah yeah that's you gotta once you're in deep it gets better open yourself up to it open your open your hearts your minds your legs your soul your soul your whole (laughs) get into it we just call our podcast your soul your Your whole. whole 
please, ladies and gentlemen, let us into your soul and your home. <laughs> Wait, and it opens. It opens with a meditation where it's like it's a guided meditation that basically just gets them undressed. Where I'll undo your pants, take them off, slip your panties to the side, lay back, and let it all in. Deep breath in. in. And out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been using Headspace and. Uh, oh, so it's there. I should try Headspace. I, I like haven't it. used it. I, I I like it. I've been listening just to Kamasi Washington, who's a jazz composer. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I feel because <clears throat> there's so many different parts of the music, and then if I like, if I feel my mind kind of distracting Mm -hmm. i focus in on that and i'm like just really hear those pieces and those parts and like yeah it gives me something to focus on yeah i I downloaded a song it's like scientifically made to help people with anxiety like relax Uh and it's just all these noises it's like a soundscape Ooh. And sometimes I listen to that. I like to listen to that when I'm practicing my witchcraft. Ooh. Because it's like, I'm the type of person, I have to have background noise. Okay. And I love uh, watching movies and TV uh-huh. shows. But it just feels weird to be practicing your witchcraft. Because you're a, not in it. With two weeks notice in the background. No, that's <laughs> you're not in the moment when uh, you yeah. do that. I'm like, uh, I'm not giving the goddess my full attention. Yeah. So I've been listening to like soundscapes and stuff like that. Yeah. And it just, I put it on repeat. I like it at the end because it's like, yeah. And it starts all over again. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think so a lot of people now like don't even listen to music. They just like Netflix in the background and yes. stuff, which I definitely was one of those people for a long time. And now I obviously I always want to listen to podcasts, but I make myself listen to music because they're they stimulate different parts of you and I think that it's like I I want to, I have a proclivity for staying in my head all the time right and I definitely need to get out of my head and into my heart because I want to avoid my feelings I'm the same way and I have to force myself to confront them right and so part of that is like just feeling them and like I recently so I was seeing someone and I was super excited about it and I shouldn't have done it to begin with because, like, I already, like, deeply, deeply loved the person. So don't, like, try to date some. If there's someone in your life that you love, don't date them. It's a gamble. It is a gamble. And you might think it's going to go well and then it doesn't. Um, And so we ended things and I was really sad about it. And, like, we ended things and I had to go straight to a, a workshop and I was like okay put it out of your head and then afterwards I started to feel really sick and the next day I felt really sick and I realized like oh I'm not actually sick like because my joints hurt and I go I'm sad and because I'm trying to stay functioning uh and be okay it's manifesting itself physically and I need to feel these things and just admit like look in the mirror and be like I'm sad Logically, I understand it's fine and it's going to be okay, 
but it's also acceptable for me to be sad for a little while. Yeah, it's um, okay to feel feeling. Because, yeah, like, uh, people always, like, we try to can rationalize, rationalize our way out of feeling things. Because um, we're supposed to be okay, you know? How are you today? I'm fine. Like, we're supposed right. to always be fine. And so, like, even if the rational thing is it's going to be okay or it wouldn't have worked out and it's it's better it ended now versus later whatever it's still okay to be sad and so i made myself for a couple days just listen to either um classical jazz or some country music because i was like you know what just fucking feel it just feel it yeah you're getting in there also this band tank and the bangas from new orleans they're Mm -hmm. like fun hip-hop but then also like poetry and like really deeply emotional anyways i just just listened to some fucking music and was like you don't get Mm -hmm. to listen to podcasts because either you're gonna get sick from trying not to feel okay or you just need to fucking feel this shit yeah and get over it um which was like a lesson i learned when my friend died last year and i tried to be okay and i like it just caught up to it caught up to me yeah i mean that was like at least 15 to 20 of the pounds I gained was like me being like, I'm fine. And it's like, you know what? (laughs) Like, just like, let's accept that I'm not. Let's just like accept the situation, which is that I'm not okay. And that's, that's fine. It's better to, it's better to be in touch with yourself and meet yourself wherever you're at than to pretend to be something that's better. Definitely. So I love that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, feel yourself. He'll never moiter my pussy again. (laughs) He was moitering it real good, and I really enjoyed it. Oh my goodness! Well, don't worry. You'll you'll find another moiter. I have a date tomorrow. (laughs) Oh, there you go. There you go. I was like, I mean, you got to keep on the train. It's you know, being single, it's tough. But you got to just keep on the train. Yes, you have to. You have to, against all logical reason, think that it'll work out with someone. It will. And basically what I had realized in my, like, dating and, like, having it all so spaced out and, like, being overly precious about it is that I was, like, nervous and twitchy and anxious and rusty. And it's like, you know what? No, just, like, keep fucking going. Like, when you – it's just, like, working out. It is. And I don't always have good workouts. Sometimes I just go to the gym and I just walk on a treadmill and read a book. Like, I don't, it's not always great, mm-hmm. but I fucking go because it's good for me overall. Yeah. The collective experience of it is good for me. And that's the same thing with dating. Like, it's it's better to be out there and dating than to be a spinster. Yeah. It's not, I don't function well Even as a spinster. Those bad dates. Yeah. Know? And so. I need to treat it like I do the gym, which is go every day, whether you want to or not, and whether it's good or not, the discipline of the practice of doing it is overall what's good for you. And so I kind of was like, okay, well, you're really sad, but like, what are you, what are you going to mellow about it? Like, you're very, I'm a very attractive woman. You are. I mean, I, I'm interesting. Yeah. And granted, like, single uh heterosexual men are uh sort of the demographic i do the least well with (laughs) 
women, married men, gay men, they all fucking love yeah. me. I struggle. I struggle with the single straight male demographic, but I'm I'm willing to yeah. keep pitching myself to them. Well, here's what I did when I was single. Hmm. I have very bad generalized social anxiety, and I don't like going out anywhere by myself. Mm-hmm. But I knew I had to put myself out there. I was going to be alone forever. So I... I mean, this isn't actually, this is terrible advice, but I just got drunk mm-hmm. and I walked into a bar and kissed the first attractive guy I saw. I just walked up to him yeah. and grabbed his face and kissed him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went on a date. Yeah. He was weird. Yeah. We, yeah. We didn't go out more than once. Yeah. And then like six months later, he tried to booty call me. No. But. I, it was just a way to get yourself out there. Yeah. I was extremely shy. I had been in like a multiple year long relationship. Yeah. And I just didn't know what I was doing with myself. And, I, you know, when all else fails, just d- push yourself. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. That's what I figured. Like, I really, I kind of basically like hit up every heterosexual man that I have a flirtation with. And by, like s- single like anyone <laughs> good, single good, good place to start yeah listen i've I've, yeah, dab- yeah. I've dabbled with some other oh, things i am a listener to <sighs> your podcast so i know i've listened to past episodes you know that i was sleeping with him yeah okay i don't know i if mean I no about you that. didn't put, talk about that on the podcast but i also do know you yeah in your person oh life. yeah yeah <laughs> spoiler alert oh, gosh, we're guys. friends <laughs> um but so yeah and i just was like kind of started up conversations and like mm. whatever and um this one gentleman who's like real a very attractive silver daddy Ooh. uh <laughs> yeah i know uh he who i've had a crush on for a long time and i think that he didn't take me seriously uh. because he dates like serious o- women yeah like older like more normal women means. i don't even know what that means but I, I think maybe he didn't take me seriously or he thought that I wouldn't take him seriously. Right. But anyways, we're going on a date tomorrow. Okay. Have I met this person? No. No. Okay. Mm-mm. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. I'm kind of nervous. Okay. But. I can't wait to hear about it. Well, next podcast. Ooh. We'll update you. But yeah, then I have some other ones I might hit up. Because I'm just like... You know, it's good to have a rotation. It is. uh, And also, it's just like that sort of thing where it's like, I would like to be in a monogamous relationship. I really would. I would like to be in like a committed monogamous relationship. And I, all that I really want out of a relationship, I would like to, like in a dream world, have a creative partnership, like where we're both active creative people that inspire each other, which is something that this last person I really like was drawn to for that reason. Um, and I would like to have monogamous sex and I don't really need that much else out of a relationship because I am so active, like socially and like whatever on my own that I really just, I was like, yeah, if if you're, if we encourage each other to be more productive and creative and if we like have really good sex just with each other, that would be great. Um, but in the meantime, like I don't want to go weeks without having any sort of like romantic affection yeah because that sucks that really fucking sucks like i don't think i i know people who do it and it's and i i've done it 
But like, if I really, if I go like four weeks without having sex, I'm it's just hard. That's too long. It's, I get very grumpy. Yeah, I get despondent. And everything seems pointless and like whatever. Yeah, and it's like honestly, like just even just like once a week, like baseline. Yeah. Once a week would be really nice for me, mm-hmm. and I'm determined not to go long stretches ever again without mm-hmm. having sex, which is overcoming my, number one, STD paranoia, right? and number two, the fact that I don't really like having sex with people that I am don't not- know. That I'm I mean, not that intensely- not Yeah, and just being like, because sometimes I have been in those situations where, like, I'm laying in bed afterwards, and I'm like, that didn't mean anything. Right. But also, I think maybe now I could put a spin on it and be like, "We like that was good for you, Sydney. That's it did good mean for something. Your health, yeah. Your Clean them pipes. Health, wealth, all of it. Yeah. I think the first step is just acknowledging that you want to be in a relationship. That's great. That's like the first step is just telling the universe that's what you want. Yeah. Because I, for a long time, I was, like, not in a relationship and being, like, well, I don't want to be in right. one or it's not for me. And it's, like, I don't want to be in a relationship like everyone else's relationships. But you still want one. I still want one. Yeah. Because I think, like, of you and Deacon and how you guys just have a lot of fun together. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, their relationships, that I see women, like, controlling or, like, bossing around their husband or it's, like insecurity and like judgment Mm -hmm. and control or just like really like boring like we're buying a house we're doing these things and it doesn't seem but like the the way that you and Deacon enjoy the world together like that's what I want and that's not if you think of like how most people like if you were to describe their relationship like joy wouldn't be the forefront of it but if I could find somebody who's like really is fascinated and curious and wants to enjoy life and the world together in the same way that I do, that would be fucking phenomenal because no one wants to be alone. Yeah, that's so true. It's something that we actively have to, at least I actively have to work on because I tend to be a doom and gloom type of person Mm -hmm. and I'm like, meh. But um, Deacon is like, everything is awesome. I'm alive. Everything is awesome. And that's really helped. But yeah, I mean... You'll find that person. They're out there somewhere. I, I would like to think and so. And I think it's great just to have that mentality of like, I'm just going to keep trying and yeah. I'll and, find that person. And not do, I tend to like be very monogamous in my crushes where I'm like, well, right. let me pursue this until I know it's not going to work. And then I'll pursue that. You need a hotation. I need a hotation, which isn't <laughs> in my nature because like, I right. don't ever want to be in the situation where like, things are clicking with someone and then I have to break up with someone else or like things are clicking with multiple yeah like I just don't want to do that it seems messy and I I think because I do want to be in a monogamous relationship like it's harder for me to like date around yeah um but I definitely think that that's something I need to do and just be like yeah like don't fucking you're wasting time. You're wasting time by being like, let me pursue this until it's a dead end and then <laughs> pursue, you know, because sometimes timing's not on your side. And by the time you're ready to pursue someone else, like they've already, you know. Yeah. And so I just need to buckshot approach it. I think so. Yeah. 
be open to what the universe sends you. Open your soul and your holes. <laughs> open my holes. That's right, Janet. Open your soul and open your hole. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, I had to go because I, I cause I keep like trying to be in monogamous relationships and uh. then I'll have like unprotected sex and then I'm like, God damn it. Like now I got to go get tested. Like also use a condom because... It protects your pussy and it protects your heart. Right. It's like a huge deal for me to have unprotected sex. So like if right. I have the conversation with someone where I'm like, we're not seeing other people, blah, blah, blah. Like it's a huge deal for me. And then it amplifies the hurt when things don't work out. But I'm like, but I let you come in me. Yeah. You came in my precious pussy. Officer. He came. It was moiter, I tell you. <laughs> I opened up my hole. <laughs> Well, did you open up your soul as well? I opened up everything. Oh. And then he moided me. I'm sorry, miss. It's a lost cause. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know, chickadee? You can't open up your hole and your soul. You open up your hole and your soul too fast. Temper your expectations. These are men we're talking about, ma'am. <laughs> I think yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh, when women would get all excited and have emotions, what did they call it? Oh, oh hysteria. <laughs> I think you're being hysteric. <laughs> you're hysterical, ma'am. Calm down. Just because a man came in you doesn't mean it means anything to him. It doesn't mean a good goddamn. Officer, officer, I tell you, I tell. Ma'am, I told you to shut up and calm down. <laughs> calm down. A man will come in a cow pie if it if it looks at him, uh, if it smiles at him. <laughs> the man will come in a cow pie. He'll come in a cow pie if it smiles at him. You put lipstick and some sweet lashes on a cow pie, a man will come in that. You're no better than cow dirt. Oh, you're but right. officer. You're right, officer. I'm a piece of cow dirt. <laughs> He didn't say he loved me, but he did say he loved my smile. And I knew what he meant. <sighs> oh, man. Oh, that's the best is when, like, a guy gives you, like, just a crumb of affection. Yeah. And you're so I, thirsty for it that I, you're like. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. That oh. is, that's why it's like, yeah, I should have a hotation so I'm not thirsty. So that just because, like, <laughs> some, some guy's, like, moderately nice to me, I don't think that he's in love with me. Right. Because, like, if you're thirsty, like, you, a drop of water touches your tongue and you're all, oh, my God, thank you so much. That is the best water. But if you are fully hydrated, a drop of water touches your tongue and you're like, this water is not very good. This mm. isn't filtered. Did you get this straight from the stream? Yeah. It's just. Don't piss in my mouth and tell me it's water. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't be thirsty. No. Okay. So tonight we learn don't be thirsty. Don't be thirsty. Open up your hole. Open up your soul. Yes. And yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> and men will come in a cow pie. <laughs> men will come in a cow pie. <laughs> if you let them. If, you let, if the cow pie will let them. If you put some lipstick on it. Yeah. <laughs> a cow pie. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Yeah. Wait, how uh, do you put lipstick on a cow pie? We don't know, but men will come in it. <laughs> so next time your boyfriend's on top of you, just try sticking your finger in his butt. Oh, yeah. Try if he gets angry. Or if he just comes super intensely and then he'll be like, baby, I did not know. 
I feel like you ask someone before you put a finger you in the do. butt. Don't sneak a finger in your boyfriend's <laughs> so butt. Mean. Don't do it. I have had this conversation and pretty much the response was just like, I'll shit on you. <laughs> like, don't do it. I will shit on you. Yeah. You have to train your butt. I mean, because otherwise it'll. It. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. It's like when I I think about when we're 60 and yeah. I'm like, that's probably when I'll let him start trying to fist me. <laughs> And that's probably when I'll start trying to stick a finger in his butt. Yeah. I mean, when you think about being with someone forever till death, uh-huh. you have to save that shit. Well, that's why I think like when I'm like, um, for me, a relationship is progressively doing dirtier things to the same yes. person. Yes. You have to build up. We're very just normal right now. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to be good on maybe 10, 20 years. And then we're. And start busting some weird shit out. Yeah, it's I don't important. Know. I that's why I, when people like bust weird shit up like out right out the gate, I'm like, I can't roll with this because there's yeah. no for me, there's nowhere to go after this <laughs> because I don't want to get weirder. I baby know. steps, baby <laughs> steps. I feel like the intensity of being with a new person and looking into a new person's eyes while like making love. Yes. Um that's pretty intense already. I don't need to be choked out. <laughs> I don't need to it's not like I'm not like, "Oh, I'm at a 10, let's take it to 11." Right. I'm like, "This is good." And then maybe next time, like I just there's so much room for growth yeah. and exploration. Don't don't you, be don't be in a rush. We had some friends tell us like you guys should try fisting. It's so fucking awesome. And I was like, I didn't mean to offend the woman. I said, my vagina already feels like I'm losing my virginity every yeah. time we have sex. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I have a tight vagina. And I was like, I, I don't know. You do. I'm sure you do. I know they are elastic. They yeah, it's not a judgment it's call. It's not that. It's just, it's going to hurt. And I'm not there yet. Like, we have so much time. Yeah, you have, you I, when I'm 60, I will have popped out children. I will have had procedures. Yeah. I, that shit will be stretched more to where it's not going to hurt as much, I don't think. And it might actually get me what to think about that. Right now, it just makes me tense up. Yeah, which means the you're not there yet. shuts. Listen, I recently got... The puss eaten with like a three finger bang. Okay. And that was like, that was like. It's fist- intense, right? Yeah. That was like fisting for me. And it was like a whole different type of orgasm. I tell you, three fingers. I'm like. <laughs> it was really. I felt like I was really being worked over. Yeah. I, it felt like being fisted. Mama's, let, mama's letting you in. Yeah. And it was like, this is exciting and new. But like, yeah. I'm pretty good on that sort of level of like. I agree. I agree. That, yeah. Like, I probably, I could go, like, another year or two without even being, like, right dilated that much. I don't even need anything inside me. Just no. Just my clit. Yeah, exactly. I'm, like, honestly, because I'm so, like, sensitive down there, like, it took me longer to come from this sort of, like, yes. activity than if you just, like, fucking breathe you breathe lightly on my clit, I will come. Just tell it jokes. Yeah. I, I wanted to, like, be, like, I, I've heard stories of uh, public school teachers say that little kids now will be, like, why are you trying so hard? You do too much. And, like, that's what I wanted to be. I was, like, why you got to do too much? You being all extra and shit down there? Boy, you being so extra right now. 
You're being so extra right now. You gotta do so much. (laughs) Fucking breathe on it. Start saying that. (laughs) Deke, why you gotta do so much? You're being like someone's auntie, all extra and shit. He knows all the game codes. Yeah. All right, I, we're almost well, at two hours, oh so we should God. probably wrap, wrap it, it up. up. Wrap it up. Also, wear condoms. So wear condoms. Fill your hole. Open your soul. I don't know if that. No, open your hole. <laughs> open mean, your hole. Open your hole so it can be filled. There you go. You need to be open to the world and to things for your hole, <laughs> whether whether it be one to five fingers. Open your heart and open your heart. Can you sing the theme song to our podcast? That'll be it. Yeah. Okay. We'll work on that. Um, all right. I'm going to end this. It was great having this conversation. This is a great conversation. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so excited to put this out on the internet. 